everyone. This is Molly Douthit. And David Douthit. Welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today's podcast will cover the lectionary selections for the first Sunday in Lent, year A. We're back after an unscheduled hiatus due to some ministry and recovering from it. Now it's Lent all of a sudden. Matthew brings us Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, Paul contrasts Adam's sin and Jesus' grace in Romans, and Genesis tells us how it all went wrong in the garden. We hope to get it right with some illustrations and special effects. We have established this podcast based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week we develop illustrations and special effects for the weekly readings of the Revised Common Lectionary that use various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. We call them Word Smart, Eye Smart, Math Smart, Body Smart, Music Smart, Nature Smart, People Smart, and Self Smart. You can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our webpage. As we read and reflect on the scripture passages for each week, we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Anytime and any way we make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. So let's get started. Hey everyone, long time no see. Hey, nice or to be back. here, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, took a couple of weeks off because we were deep in preparation for a youth retreat and then needed a week to recover from it. It was because it was quite an event. Yes, yeah, so we are we are it was we've been doing this for 15 years and uh, we need a little more time to recover from a uh, something like that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We really had a good time, but there was a lot of prep work in advance and we just kind of had to let go of some things. And unfortunately, the podcast was one of those things that we needed to let go of. Fortunately, we did have stuff from three years ago. So hopefully you could uh, take advantage of the links that we posted for what we did three years ago when we were not doing a retreat at the same time. Right. Um, We have gotten back into it, but we are going to leave the psalm off for this week, although I did find some hymns that I think are pretty interesting. There are two hymns uh, based on Psalm 31, written by Charles Wesley, uh, part one and part two. I'm going to go ahead and uh, publish those links in the show notes so you can see what they are. But one is, Blessed is the man forever blessed, Psalm 32, part one. And while I keep silence and conceal, Psalm 32, part two. Uh they're very simple psalm tunes, so you can take a look at those if you want. They might be a good way sort of do sort of a meditative chant kind of thing to get yourself into the hmm. meditative uh, aspect of Lent. And then there is uh, also the um, song, You Are My Hiding Place, which comes from oh, yeah. that particular psalm, mm-hmm. which I've always loved. Uh, you can I, I have a link to that as well with a little bit of the history of the man who wrote it. He was going through a difficult time and found some comfort in Psalm 32 and this song came to him while he was doing it. So we're going to start with uh, the gospel passage for the first Sunday in Lent, year A, which is Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. This is Matthew's version of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. 
Um, if you are a student of Scripture, which I hope all of you are, you will know that uh, Luke and Matthew switched the second and third temptations. Yeah. Uh, in this one, we have the second temptation is being on the pinnacle of the temple, and the third temptation is being shown all the kingdoms and told, worship me. So it's a very familiar story. You should know what it is, and we will be talking about it as we go through the intelligences that we found. Speaking of, we have illustration and special effect for iSmart, an illustration for Math Smart, an illustration for Body Smart, a special effect for Music Smart, and an illustration for Self Smart. So um, David's going to start us off with I. So I was looking at uh, at this and got thinking about verse seven, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And for some reason, I thought that there were, there must be a meme about, about don't test me. And so I just Googled that and um, sure enough, found it. So uh, there, there are memes for don't test me. There are two different kind of strains for that. One is people who don't want to hear your crap and take your challenge, <laughs> you know, and so like, don't test me. And the other is students who haven't studied. Oh, gee. <laughs> Please don't test me. And uh, so both of those kind of play into this. You could you could work that, you know, because Jesus uh, is submitting to the test. Mm-hmm. Unlike those students, and um, ultimately winning with "don't test me" scriptures mm-hmm. and a "don't test me" attitude. Oh, there you go. So, um, so that that would be the illustration. Then, for special effect, I, there are links for four uh, memes for the uh, "don't test me," uh, "don't challenge me" kind of thing. They're kind of fun. The last one is Grumpy Cat. Just says, don't test me. Cheddar. So. For Math Smart, we have an illustration uh, about turning the stones into bread, which is kind of reminiscent of transubstantiation, the Roman Catholic doctrine, doctrine, wherein during the sacrament of the Eucharist, the substance of the bread is turned into the flesh of Christ. Uh, we put this here in MathSmart because there is logic of doctrine and transmutation alchemy. <laughs> um, now, you know, it, 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 yeah, we'll just leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting connection, you know, yeah, the you idea know, that's that not some... the, the bread turns to Christ or Christ could turn stones to bread, you know. It's yeah, just right. So, yeah. Yeah. Going on to Body Smart, again, I, I was just kind of picking out. In, in little bits of the thing uh, this time. And so looking at verse six, when uh, the devil is quoting scripture and says, hey, the scripture says the angels will bear you up on their hands so you don't strike your foot on a stone. And I I was imagining Jesus crowd surfing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so... Uh, I like that, that drawing that Meredith did of you. Yeah. <laughs> when our daughter was in uh, middle school, she did a drawing of David during worship one day, and Jesus is up on the chancel, and he's rocking out with a guitar, and there are little lights and everything, and David is throwing himself into the crowd, yes. wearing his, his uh, pulpit gown. It's really <laughs> awesome. I wish we, Do we yeah. still have that somewhere? Probably. Oh, we should probably find that so we can put that up. We should. I, I hope I, I I'm sure I have I've it I've seen it someplace not too long ago. 
Anyway, um, so if you're not familiar with crowd surfing, it is where at usually at a concert or a festival or something, someone will throw themselves at the mercy of the crowd on top of the crowd. And the idea is that people will pass them around overhead. Not just get out of the way and let you fall to the ground. Although there are plenty of videos of that happening. (laughs) Yes, exactly. so uh, I've, we've got some links to some crowd surfing uh, videos and images. Um, and some different images. Going on to Music Smart, um, this passage could be adapted as a poem, a song, or a hymn. Um, and I got started on that. I got about four stanzas in, and um, you would need probably about as much more mm. to get through it in the way that I was writing it. But um, anyway, um, uh, you can take a look at that on the worksheet uh, at morethanhearing.org. And maybe spark some uh, uh, creativity of your own and you yeah. can run with that. Yeah. And then finally, for Self Smart, do you remember the ad campaign, What Would You Do for a Klondike Bar? We have some uh, ideas from someone in college, and here are some of the commercials. We have four link, uh, four links to some of the commercials of what would you do for a Klondike bar? Not a sponsor of the show. Right. And uh, Cluck like a chicken, make monkey <laughs> sounds, and uh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. I'm a, I, I would I'm a do that. I would teapot. do that. Oh, I would do that for sure. For a Klondike bar, you bet. And then uh, David also found some updated uh, Klondike bar commercials with Anna Ferris, the uh, actress in uh, the CBS TV show Mom, also not a sponsor of the show, <laughs> uh, which are really pretty funny. So the question is, of course, what would you do if you were tempted? Okay, All right, let's, let's go, go on. on. The New Testament lesson for year A for Sunday in Lent is Romans 5, verses 12 through 19. Here, Paul is comparing and contrasting Adam and Christ, and so talks about how sin spread through all the human race and uh, all the—I don't know if you can hear that. We've we've got somebody doing some work in the house, so (laughs) there might be some noise in the background. Um, we're glad for it, though. Yes. Been waiting for that for a, a while. Long time. Um, anyway, uh, death and sin spread throughout all the cosmos because of Adam, and uh, it, because Adam did it, then it went through all of the humans. And then Paul makes the case that just as the one human was responsible for all that sin and death, so one human, Jesus will be responsible for the free gift of grace overwhelming all that sin and death. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically it's that. It's a logical back and forth and lots of if-thens. Yes. Uh, You know, like Paul does. Yes, indeed. So we've got for you today iSmart Illustration, uh, Math Smart Illustration and Special Effect, Music Smart Illustrations, Nature Smart Illustrations, and People Smart Illustration and Special Effect. So Molly's going to start us off with I, please. Yes, I was uh, reading some commentary, as I do, and I came across an article from a website called A Plain Account, a Wesleyan uh, commentary. 
They seem to be doing a lot of stuff with Wesley this, this week. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Ryan Hansen, who wrote this particular uh, article, said that life in the kingdom of sin and death is a kingdom of devastation, a kingdom of ash, a world imprisoned in disobedience, subjected to futility, and in bondage to decay. Hmm. And to illustrate that Welcome with... to Earth. Yeah, right. <laughs> And to illustrate that within his uh, article, he talks about um, the upside down from the Netflix show Stranger Things. Uh, If you've ever seen that, the upside down in Stranger Things is a mirror image of our reality, but it is a dark place. It's a terrifying place. It's a confusing place. It's a place that you can't get out of. It's a place of death. Uh, it's a death kingdom, or as uh, he refers to it in other pla- another place in his article, an anti-God power. So I thought that was a really awesome way of illustrating what Paul is doing here in Romans. So please use Hansen's example of the upside down in Stranger Things, which I think we've used before. We, we've we mentioned talked about that not too long ago. It's yeah. a really good, oh, it's a really good iSmart I, I uh, illustration. Um, but another illustration you could use is the spread of sin that Paul is talking about is kind of like a viral outbreak. So think about the maps that people put up on the news when they want to illustrate uh, the, when we're in the midst of flu season and show how many places have been recording or reporting instances of the flu. And with the coronavirus, the coronavirus yeah, um, uh, you can, yeah, uh, the, the way that it's it's spreading across the globe, you can think of it that way too. They give and that thing wash name, your hands. Well, yeah, yes. Anyway, going on. Yes, wash uh, your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> Uh, going on to Math Smart, the sin of Adam and the free gift in Christ are like wave interference. And so this is um, sort of math for uh, because of things like sine waves mm-hmm. and such, but it's also uh, physics, and mm-hmm. we put science in math. Mm-hmm. So two waves of the same amplitude, the same height, Uh, propagating through the same plane will interfere with each other in such a way that if they're in phase, that is their crests and troughs match up, Mm -hmm. then they will amplify each other and kind of double. Uh, Oh, that's how amplification happens. That is. Oh! uh, One way. Um, And if uh, they are out of phase, that is the crests and troughs are opposite each other, then they cancel each other out. So is that sort of like muffling? Dampening? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, like your noise- Noise-canceling canceling headphones. headphones okay. Are doing that in real time mm-hmm. or almost real time. Um, so if it's somewhere in between, then the the uh, you have to add and subtract appropriately to get the amplitude that you're mm-hmm. going to end up with. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, in our passage, the free gift is out of phase with- the uh, end of greater amplitude with the sin of Adam. So the Adam wave propagating through the universe will eventually be entirely negated and the Christ wave will remain. Awesome. Yeah. I like that. So we've, we've got a link for uh, a page that describes what wave interference is if you need that. So take a look at that. Um, For a special effect, uh, going a different direction, break out those old balance scales that we love so much. (laughs) And uh, on one side, 
uh, put all the weight of the de- the death kingdom, as it were, and on the other side, Jesus' death and resurrection, the right. free gift, which yeah. of course will outweigh the death kingdom. And for a little visual effect on that one as well, the death kingdom can be a lot of smaller boxes that have, you can label them with things that are part of the death kingdom. And we'll leave that up to your imagination as to what that could be. And then the one thing on the other side is Jesus' death and resurrection. And you can also cheat it a little bit and put more weight in in the uh, death and resurrection so that when you put Jesus on, it goes fling and tosses all the other stuff right out of of the room. That could be fun. Anyway, for Music Smart, I found some hymns uh, from hymnary.org. I found an old uh, spiritual called Give Me Jesus. Um, I think that would be an interesting one to sing. Uh, O Fountain of Unceasing Grace, Jesus, Lover of My Soul, which is one that we use frequently during Lent, and O Lord, You're Beautiful. And the link Mm -hmm. I have to that one is is to guitar chords, Um, but there is a... A, a version of this one from an album called Scalaluyah. Oh, yeah. They took yeah, this yeah, song yeah. and did it in a ska version, which yeah. is really kind of fun. If you can find the that. The Insiders. The Insiders. Yeah, the Insiders. I will see if we can find the link to that for the show notes. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yep. In Nature Smart, the wrestlings and wranglings of the death kingdom, as it were, of those of us uh, in sin is kind of like a load of puppies that are uh, piled doing up. Doing their puppy thing. Doing their puppy thing uh, and and scrapping with each other and, and rolling over top of each other and playing and biting each other and all that sort of thing and wrestling um, until the, the older dog, the mama dog, just has had enough and gets up and walks off. <laughs> and And then all of a sudden, all the puppies... Uh, lock onto that and they give up all their fighting and they follow follow mom dog yep and uh, that's that's what we're looking for is that day when we finally give up all the, all the <laughs> fighting, fighting and, and follow mom and follow mom dog yep um another way of thinking of this uh, the second half of the passage in particular from verse 15 on would be uh, this is kind of like the wave stuff but in the very early universe, everything was energy and there was no matter. And then as things began to cool, some of the energy converted into particles of matter because E equals MC squared. You can do that. And then about half the matter was what we call ordinary and about half of it was antimatter because uh, it's called antimatter because the uh, charges of the particles even though the particles are basically the same, they have a, an opposite charge. Mm, okay. right? So uh, electrons in regular matter have a negative charge, but then you have positrons in antimatter. And uh, uh, Starting to sound like Star Trek episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and protons have a positive charge in ordinary matter, but antiprotons have a negative charge. But otherwise, they're same mass and all that sort of thing. Right. So um, when ordinary particles meet antimatter particles of the same sort, they both particles are annihilated. So there shouldn't really be 
any matter in the universe if if those things were even and they should have been even but they for for reasons we don't understand um there there were more ordinary particles than antimatter particles that have survived and so all almost as far as we can tell all the matter or most almost all the matter in the observable universe is ordinary matter and there's no antimatter there really yeah and Where'd it go? It got annihilated with other ordinary matter. Oh, so it overwhelmed. So there was, yeah. So the ordinary uh... matter overwhelmed the antimatter. And so we've got a link to, to an article that talks about that and how that works and what some of the possible uh, reasons behind that are, mm-hmm. which probably has nothing that you need for the sermon. But, um, <laughs> It's interesting if you're a yeah, science Yeah, oh, it's geek. very interesting. Yeah, they they think maybe there are pockets of the unobservable universe where there's lots of antimatter that it clumps up. So what happens if antimatter gets out? Um, it, it would it would annihilate with the ordinary matter. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, the point being the sin of Adam is like antimatter while the free gift of Christ is like positive or ordinary matter and both follow similar paths of propagating through creation, but one will ultimately annihilate the other and go on to populate the universe. And we believe that that is the Christ matter. Right. And then finally for people smart, um, Look, quote here from Bill Loader, one of our favorite guys. Uh, he says, negative destructive influence is more than what confronts me in the individual choice between good and evil. Such influences are also systemic in groups, organizations, and in families. We are very good at creating contexts which are destructive for people, and we now understand very well how we pass on negativity and destructiveness from generation to generation. Hmm. So that got me to thinking about our culture. And uh, for an illustration, um, Americans are really very familiar with the concept of total victory. We really like that one. Uh, We pursue it in business, in sports, and in politics. Uh, What's ironic? Huh? And in war. And in war, yes. What is ironic is that the only total victory that really exists or matters is God's total victory over what separates us from God and one another in Jesus. So uh, you could, for a special effect, with this idea of total victory, break into groups, uh, have your people break into groups and discuss how total victory, this mindset, divides people point out some of the ways that we are divided amongst ourselves. It could be kind of tricky, particularly if you are in a purple congregation where mm. you have a great deal of blue and red in your uh, uh, folks politically. Maybe um, guide that discussion a little bit and talk about sports instead. But <laughs> that could be just as violent maybe as well. But anyway, um, uh, so then discuss how this mindset and reality enslaves us to our tribes and our teams and breaks relationship all over the place. So this total victory mindset is an enslavement. Um, And then discuss how God's total victory over what divides us brings us to God and then restores us to one another. Okay, let's go on. 
The Old Testament lesson for year A, Lent 1, is Genesis 2, verses 15 through 17, and chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. This is the story of the first temptation. It's the Garden of Eden, the uh, uh, Lord God telling the people, you can eat any of these trees except that one which then, of course, everybody fixates on, and a serpent convinces uh, the woman that he didn't really say that, and the woman being uh, uh, convinced that, oh, hey, this is a good idea, uh, takes some of the fruit, eats it, gives it to the man, they eat, their eyes are opened. The man who was with her, it says. Right, right. Standing there going, (laughs) hey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they eat it, and then you know, paradise is lost, and there we are. Uh, and this here is, we are. Yes. So this is what uh, Paul is referring to in the Romans passage, and this connects with Jesus' temptation and how Jesus overcomes it by fully relying on God. So for this passage, we have uh, both illustration and special effect for word, eye, body, We have an illustration for nature smart, and we have special effects for people and self-smart. So, we'll start with word. In verses 3 and 4, we have some uh, uh, God said, snake said, um, (laughs) back and forth here. And uh, in a way, this is an example of uh, pernicious gossip, the way the serpent makes use of this. Uh, when we gossip, we take what was said and present it in a different angle, from a different angle, um, skewing the information just enough to keep the kernel of truth there, but alter it enough to raise suspicions. And there's definitely some some people smart in this and that You know, someone knows just how to push a button for someone else Mm -hmm. um, and and to push their agenda in these negative ways with gossip. But um, the the manipulation of the language Mm -hmm. here is why we're putting it in word smart. So for special effect, decide how to approach this one, I guess, and if it works for you or not. But um, when you get to the serpent encountering Eve's report of what God has said, have the serpent yell, fake news. (laughs) If ever there were words that have been weaponized, those might be the ones. So Mm -hmm. at least in our current day. Mm -hmm. For... uh I, I smart um, verses five and seven where Eve is or, or the uh, um, the serpent is telling the woman your eyes will be opened uh, that got me to thinking about that scene in the television show Friends where uh, Phoebe discovers Monica and Chandler have a different kind of relationship than what she had experienced before and she turns from the window yelling my eyes my eyes and so I have a link to that it's actually pretty fun Uh, it's this situation is not as comical as Phoebe finding out about Monica and Chandler's new relationship but the serpent is assuring the woman that when she eats that when she Mm. eats the fruit not if when she eats the fruit, she will see things in an entirely new way with a different understanding. She will discover that she will, in fact, die, just not right away. So, 
for a special effect, we see things all the time that impact us both for good and for bad. And rather than traumatize anyone, uh, having them remember those things, encourage people to think of things they've seen that have opened their eyes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a self-smart exercise since you're asking people to tap into their inner world and their memories of things. Um, maybe ask them to think about a time when their eyes were opened to uh, a relationship they were in or their eyes were opened to a reality about life. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe start it off by sharing your own. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah. if yeah, or, or just share your own and then encourage them to think of their own uh, on their, their own time. For body smart, verse sixteen tells us in the uh, in chapter two tells us that the garden is free and available, uh, all the food that is there, and so that's sort of like the garden was a well stocked, abundantly varied salad bar, <laughs> and uh, the. The couple probably had to do a little bit more than just go up and refill their plates, but maybe not too much more. You know, it yeah, it was, seemed it like was it was there. a pretty easy pickings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you have fellowship time after worship, you could make use of that as a special effect and offer a variety of fruits and veggies and other green plants uh, for people to to eat, maybe olives or dates and and maybe put one apple right in the middle of the table to see who wants to go for it. Uh, this passage has lots of nature elements, so keep the gardeners that you know on speed dial for this one. You might have some questions. Um, and in verse 7, we have, uh, in chapter 3, we have the fig leaves that are sewn together. And we have an, a link to an article about the leaf of the common edible fig. Uh, the leaves are very large, palmate, which is the the style of um, the uh, the leaf. It resembles a hand, and it's covered with fine hair or fibers, referred to as pubescence, which can cause skin irritation. It's probably like I'm thinking it's like Velcro. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it it gives the appearance of being soft, but but if you um, rub it the wrong way, rub it too much, or rub it the wrong way, if you would say you know use it for clothing, <laughs> it would be irritating. Out, 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 Which is why later on, when God returns, God uses animal skins yeah. to cover them because that's a lot more. Um, uh, it's it's softer. Yeah, not it, less irritating. It's just ridiculous that they that that's what they chose, but I. I think it's interesting that it's like they covered themselves with something that looks like a hand and is called pubescence. So, uh, Tee-hee. <laughs> for people smart, uh, for a special effect, invite people to try an experiment this week to see if they can convince someone to try something unpleasant but not dangerous. You know, tempt them to try this thing. Um, and maybe have a, a different group that's trying to convince someone to try something beneficial, but not necessarily pleasant. And and uh, compare and contrast and mm-hmm. see how, how that works out. Um, probably need a little more development here. So for uh, example, try to imagine supporting a candidate. Uh, what? 
a candidate for office that you do not prefer. Or try, that would be a challenge. That for me. would that would uh, for most people, I think. Mm-hmm. Or try to get someone to eat kale, or <laughs> try to get. I'm not sure which one that is. Is that the? Uh, <laughs> Could be either un- unpleasant but not dangerous, <laughs> or beneficial but not pleasant. Um, Depends on how you prepare it. Try to get someone who drinks a lot of coffee to go without or to reduce how much they they drink. And someone who doesn't drink coffee, get them to try some. Well, uh, so, you know, something fairly innocuous like that. Yeah. And then finally, for self-smart, a special effect, uh, something for you to ponder and to consider having your congregation ponder. How easy is it for someone to convince you to change your position? The woman seems to have been pretty easily swayed, and the man doesn't even ask any questions, apparently. He's standing there, and he just goes along with it. So what are the things on which you think you would stand firm to the bitter end? That's it for today's podcast. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org, or facebook.com slash morethanhearing, or tweet us at at morethanhearing or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions, or maybe got an idea you like even better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We would love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They work together with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links at the website for iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or good old RSS. Or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org feed podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store or any of these directories. And of course, you can share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. So in the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart. Hello, everyone. This is Molly Douthit. And David Douthit. Welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership. Because there are plenty of intelligences. Sorry. Cut. <laughs>